Stephen Cluxton is on the pitch. He is togged out for Dublin. Are you sure he's not a mascot, Joe? I am 100% sure he's not a mascot. Stephen Cluxton is part of the Dublin panel today. I'm surprised as anyone, Joe. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. You're so unexpected. It's one of those you had to be there moments. You had to be there. It subsequently genuinely did change everything about my life. You had to be there. Right, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Connor Moore's list of you had to be there is pretty, pretty, pretty good, Connor. Uh, yeah, it's it, it deviates a lot. There's a few different sports in it anyway. Mm. Was it difficult for you to put together? Um, not really. There was different things. I was I was going to throw a Formula One thing, but I was like, is that like a really the performance wise? It wasn't something that you're like, whoa. It was the whole event that was wow. So I suppose this was like you had to be there. Yeah, performances kind of thing. So yeah. we're not talking about your performances. We're talking about other no, things. no, no. <laughs> I, oh, that would have been hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell you about a few times I've uh, burnt already. <laughs> bombed. Do you, have you bombed? I, I bombed, bombed. Yeah, about twice. What's um, bombed? Bomb? What's the double like, bomb? You're not getting like a laugh. I remember going to Kerry years ago and I did a thing. The Gale uh, did a, a gig. And up until that point, I did about 10 gigs where there were just kind of GA gigs. So you'd walk in and just go, oh, shin, whatever, and slag them off and everybody laughs. And it was so easy. And I was thinking, oh, this is just a daddle like, you know. And so you go down and this is a bit more of a corporate gig. And I get up there and it's in the INEC and there's a big gap between me and all the people. So you can't even see the mannerisms or anything. And then. Um, can't remember who was interviewing me, but I did it anyway, and it was just getting no laughs. And it had never happened to me uh, before, and it was like, I was maybe a couple of months into it, and Broly was after telling everybody, because we were at his table, so wait until you see Connor going up, he says, he's absolutely wonderful, this man is, he's a marvel, so he is, he's a genius, watch this. And I get up there, and I absolutely, like, <laughs> no pressure, stink the place out of it. And at the end, and then whoever was inter- interviewing me says, um, he goes, at the end of it, I'll ask you how this all came about because this has been very quick and you've just gone, you know, whatever. And I says, yeah, yeah. So at the end, I finished up and literally crickets, you know. <laughs> oh, geez. And then the guy goes, so Connor, tell us how you started all this. Like, <laughs> And I was holding the microphone. I, I won't curse, but uh, pretty much I turned. He goes, tell us how you started all this. And I forgot to take the mic down off my mouth. And I looked at him and I put my hand on his shoulder. He goes, I know, that. I says, right. <laughs> I got the biggest laugh. Oh no! Off the stage, off stage left. I remember going up to the hotel room and I was like, I can't go down there and face him. Probably rings me up. He's like, Come down, come down. He goes, Oh yeah, blah blah. And in fairness, he was dead right. Went down. I had a great laugh for the rest of the night. Like, but I remember that was the first. I was like, Ooh. You kind of need to go through that though, right? Oh, one hundred ten percent. You learn so much more from those gigs than you do doing any other. Because I remember talking to Barry Murphy years ago. I met him for a coffee, and it's like you have to know the room. Mm. Like and I'm very much like that. So if I have, I have to know everyone who, who's in the room, if they're golf people or if they're whatever people, and you tailor the gig to them because if you don't, like, you, you'll you'll burn a lot more often. So. You run the risk. Yeah, mm. fair enough. All right, let's get into this list because it's really good. Um, uh, Desi Dolan in 2003. It's Westmead versus Mead. <laughs> this is the draw. <laughs> Two thirteen apiece. Yeah, I had to. I had to stick this one in. It's, it's only a quarter final. Answer quarter final as well. So hang on, is this the is this the miss? Did you not know? <laughs> I wasn't sure. I thought, <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to pick it the year they win. Uh, no, as in, it, it, that was more of a team performance, but I was kind of going for individual displays here. And I started following Westmead, I'd say, 2001. And it, literally, it was the same story every year. You were playing Mead. I remember the quarterfinal of the Leinster 2001. And the narrative was always the same. We're, we're leading. We're about five points up. There's about 20 minutes to go. 
high ball is kicked in mm. Miles or Nestor one of these boys drives the ball down the field and Graham Gary comes in punches it into the net or else it breaks to Ollie Murphy and he slips it in this happened 2001 and we had a great run in the qualifiers and uh, 2003 then the reason I remember this game so well is we were sitting in the Hogan stand and there was this old man behind us and he was talking to my dad and he was having this kind of I've been following Westmead now for about since 1958 and I've never seen us beat Mead and we were going and we were losing a half time I remember but Desi was having probably one of the greatest games and I've seen him playing club matches and stuff but at this level maybe one of the best games I've ever seen him play it was just it was he couldn't do anything wrong the ball every ball just fell to him kind of you know one of those days everything goes right for you and stuff and I remember like even there was a high ball in and the goalkeeper went to catch it or something I can't remember if he was if he caught it up here or down there whatever but it bounced back into Desi's uh, chest pretty much and I think he punched it into the Mm. net if I remember and then he gets a free out in the sideline and it's like 14 yards out and it was one of the best frees I've ever seen and I think he mightn't have even went to the 14 yard line with it which you're supposed to like I think it was he kicked it from inside it and everybody's like this is unbelievable we're a point up or whatever or sorry it's a draw game and uh, I can't remember who committed the free was it a pick up off the ground I, like again I can't remember too much but uh, it, ha- it happened and then the Mead boys remonstrated with the referee so it wasn't now a 30 yard free it was a 21 yard free mm. And the old man grabbed my father and he said it again. He says, 19, and he named the year, whether it was 48 or 58 or something, I've been following Westmead and we haven't done it, and blah, blah, blah. And Desi was after having the most amazing game I've ever seen of anyone. And then he gets the ball, it's, I don't know, 21 yards out, and he misses the free. He's going to love that I brought this up. I love Desi, but I just had to, it was like, it, growing up like in Westmead, he, everyone, when you're playing football, especially if you're a forward, Desi's your hero, like. And uh, it just was one of the most amazing it's a, it's a folklore game, like because it, it, like he obviously he missed it, and I remember a lot of people were saying, "Oh no, that went over the bar." But you could see from Desi's body language, he knew it didn't go over the bar mm. or whatever. So like, it went wide, but like it was possibly the greatest miss in the history of Westmead GA because, well, things then they went for a change that year. Obviously, yeah. and Luke Dempsey was after doing some amazing stuff at Westmead, and it was probably unfair, but we ended up getting potty we ended up winning Leinster would that have happened without Pawdy the rest is history so it was a bittersweet moment it was an amazing performance but I had to throw that in there Desi loved that one maybe you would have won it that year if you'd just kicked that one no 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 I definitely think we would have lost in the semi-finals I actually I, I genuinely believe we wouldn't have won it um, I think not that like obviously like you can't say you don't know but I think that Pawdy brought something like a winner's mentality to it and I, I just, made people believe. I'm just uh, Googling here. So, uh, piece from Gavin Comiskey in 2003. Luke Dempsey stepped down as manager of Westmead after the County Football Board delegates voted to re-interview for the position. So I suspect that they knew that Pawdy was available. Mm. Um, Dempsey had nine years of inter-county involvement, three as senior manager, leading Westmead to minor and under 21 All-Ireland titles. So like he's like, this is my natural progression and we've got there and then Pawdy comes in. And he, and he was only given three years as well. Like, he, he definitely deserved. And after, like, obviously, you know, if the ball was kicked over the bar, he was keeping his job. All he had to do really, he didn't have to win the Leinster, he just had to beat, beat Meath. Yeah. That was the big thing. Like, because 2001, we had the quarterfinal of the Leinster and then the quarterfinal of the All Ireland. And the exact same thing happened where we were well ahead. And Westmead, to be fair, as much as people say, oh, we were minnows when we won it in 2004, like, we had an unbelievable team well obviously I didn't realise backbone by minor and all Ireland under like, 21 glory our, our half back line was uh, Michael Ennis um, Jerry Heave and Damien Healy who were 
three like three players that could get in any half back line in Ireland th- at that point. You had Rory O'Connell at midfield. John Cain was in that team as well. John, wasn't and John yeah. Cain's yeah. like one of probably, I think, was it Brogan or one of them that said he was like, like the, the toughest or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just. And John wasn't like the most amazing fellow with a football in his hand or whatever, and he'd admit that himself. But like, my God, like he. He didn't need to be. He was just so incredibly fast and tenacious. And like when he tackle you, it was just I don't know. It was like piranhas eating you or something. Mm. Like he he was just all over you. Uh, fair play to Desi for making the TV ad for Vodafone a couple of years later. Or was I it know, he made a few quid of it. I remember my father watching that and he goes, "That for making money off us, off our misery." I was full sure I was going to get it. That was the, was the, the ad. <laughs> I was fucking sure I was probably out to have me one of my best games but um, he really did like and in fairness like uh, he uh, he's definitely our greatest player like in my opinion like it's a real I mean? sliding doors moment though because as Big you say time. like yeah. Luke Dempsey definitely gets to keep the gig right so that's the first one it's uh, a bit of a Debbie Downer most people predict- oh, we won the Leinster I think it was like bittersweet I think mm. it all uh, it, if it was uh, you wouldn't write that script now in Hollywood no and in fairness the fact that they do come back to win the Leinster means that everybody gets some kind of uh, everybody but Luke wins I know but <laughs> that's also it's also watching your county I think is the most nervous you could possibly be you probably the same faculty there in 98 but like anytime I, I, I couldn't cover a Monaghan match in a work capacity because I'd be too, yeah, too nervous yeah, yeah, so I think I, when yeah. you're watching your home county you're just like nah I can't you're I'm emotionally not. invested in a game like that you're not actually like watch it yeah you're giving out everyone that makes a mistake you're giving out it's hard to like yeah, yeah process be it. objective right so Tiger Woods at the Masters in 2019 this isn't bad right this is uh, Woods back from the death really to win in 2019 is kind of one of the all time great sporting feats you were oh, there yeah, it was my first time at the Masters, and uh, I remember when I got I got there on the ch- I think it was the Monday evening, and uh, I were watched. you working or were you hanging out? Um, I was actually hang- oh I had a gig on the Wednesday night for the Golf Channel, but it was a gig like that you do like my golf gig is kind of if you told me to do the golf gig right now I could do it like it right. wasn't that I had to like <laughs> prepare you know I have all the lines in my head so. you're not supposed to say stuff like this Connor it's like oh it's a, it's <laughs> so work goes into it I yeah, slave yeah. over every line well, and every no. joke for weeks and um, weeks but. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, no, I, I, I went, I was doing a gig, um, it was just by a pool house or something, so I had that gig on the Wednesday night, so I was really there watching it. I had a, I had a, a Berkman's Pass. What's that? A Berkman's Pass is where, just off the 5th, there is this, um, it's like another clubhouse, and it's a pass that you get, and it's all just caviar and prawns <laughs> and... Apart from that, you were in Westmead, I'll tell you. Yeah, I know, yeah, it was, it, was, it was, I don't know how I got it, like, well, I got it through the golf channel, they gave it to me or whatever. But I was there and it was the most, I built it up in my head so much and I was hoping I, I, you know, I didn't build it up too much that I was going to be a bit disappointed. And I actually even like, I remember walking in the gate and I had this kind of cynical thought in my head going, bet you I won't be blown away by this place like everybody else is. And as I came around the corner and I looked over at the, um, at the range, I saw all the players at the range and all the caddies in boiler suits. And I was like... What year is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like that. I was like... Stepping back in time. If I could have taken... Because you don't have phones or anything there. If you could have taken a photograph, it is it is the most beautiful, magical place. And the fact that there's no phones just adds so much to the mystique and just everything about the place. But, uh, yeah, going in there, like, just didn't think... Tiger was after... It was I was only after doing the, the ad with him, with right. Bridgestone. Yeah. And we were having a bit of a slag about like him winning majors, and he did won the tour championship, and he'd obviously he went well at Carnoustie. He could have won at Carnoustie. He was close PGA championship as well. Brooks, I think he definitely he, was he second or third, or he's top five anyway. And 
he kind of thought, yeah, maybe he could do it. Like, and he started off well. Now, I have to uh, caveat, I was not there on the Sunday. I was there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And um, on the Saturday, like, he had a, a pretty good round. I remember on six, I was there on six. He birdied six, seven, eight. I seen the sixth. I think he birdied, um, was it 13 and 15? And it was just, it, it, I felt like you were watching Tiger, the old Tiger. Because I'd seen him in a couple of competitions and the crowds follow him. But mm. like most of the time I'd seen him, like I remember seeing him at the players the year before in another competition. He didn't feature, he missed the cut, I think, and stuff. So I was kind of thinking to myself, like you've seen, you haven't seen Tiger. Like you've seen like the kind of ceremonial guy that goes around and plays golf and stuff He's like that. He's going to be teeing off at the, at the Masters first. Yeah. And, and that's it. Like. And that, that's the only time I ever seen him. And then I seen him, uh, was he wearing like purple or something that day on the, the Saturday? Uh, and he had the, those turtlenecks he was wearing, yeah. which, you know, brought back memories of 97. But uh, he just played some unbelievable golf that day. Like, he amazing control of the ball. And uh, did he have a five or a six under, something like that? When you're following Tiger, obviously, it's not easy to follow Tiger. So mm. you have to go a couple of holes ahead of him. So, like, you know, I seen the sixth, but then, you know, you go to nine then after, or maybe ten even just so you're there, so you'll stand behind the tee box. It'll still be packed because it'll be waiting for him. Yeah. So you kind of just have to, like, keep moving forward. So I got to see some of the, I got to see him birdie, I think it was the 13th, um, six, where he came down the hill. That wasn't an easy tee shot, but it was just incredible. And a lot of people say to me, do you regret that you left on the Saturday night? And I had no regrets. Because you wouldn't, mm. and especially on Sunday, even trying to get close to the 18th green, I don't think you would have been from Possible. a distance. Yeah. yeah, but you wouldn't have seen it, and especially me being five foot five and a half, well, five uh, six sometimes. The half. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rounded up, sure. Yeah, might as well. But uh, Con Hulan famously said that he went to Italy for the World Cup in 1990 and missed the World Cup because it was happening here. In a way, you feel a little bit like that sometimes at golf tournaments where, so if, if you, are you just looking at the leaderboards or the, the big scoreboard and seeing birdie? birdie between six and eight uh, yeah that's what's magical as well about Augusta is that the they change the scoreboards I think every three holes mm. so I remember sitting on uh, I didn't know that on the 13th yeah it's every couple of holes to change so it's the not boards. every hole you don't, you don't no, 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 wait so for some big change you don't know yeah, right. yeah well from what I can remember anyway because it, it doesn't change for a couple of holes and then they'll, they'll flip it over so when the guys are coming around they're looking up at the scoreboard but you could be a hole or two behind yeah. so you don't actually know if someone's wow. uh, that's good drama and then I remember sitting on the 13th and they have a grandstand on the 13th so the tee box is back here so you get to see 12 or whatever but then the scoreboard is over here and I remember the scoreboard changing like on Tiger was it the 10th or something whatever he birdied and the place just goes nuts and that's what they talk about the Tiger roar mm. like you know it's his roar you know like it wasn't McElroy that birdied a hole or something now unless they're coming down the stretch and it's the last two or three holes and it's, uh, it's hugely significant but over the course of the whole four days like when Tiger did anything drops a birdie or even saves a good par the decibel level of the roar is just the, it is it is something to experience and I'm glad I seen him I don't know what is he the ceremonial golfer now potentially yeah I, yeah, I, 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 I can't see I can't see how you could you know show up at a tournament and 
a bit like they're talking with the live guys, however bad they have it. And Tiger, like, obviously wants to win majors, but, like, you have to put in the reps, you have to get the rounds in. And he obviously can't. Because if he could, he would. But it's beautiful because we, we've joked before, and I've spoken about the, the, the image of Michael Jordan breaking the record in the NBA recently, and everybody has the phone out. Like, literally. LeBron. Or, sorry, LeBron. Yeah. yeah. And, and literally, I think it was maybe Phil Knight was the only person in the photograph that was watching yeah, with his eyes. Yeah. You always see that with Tiger as well, teeing off, that it's. Everybody has the phone. Nobody is watching with their, with their actual eyes. And at the Masters, that must have been quite a beautiful thing to nearly oh. just take it in and appreciate it. It's it's lovely. And you're going to even one of my mates was there, and he came in, and um, the Berkman's Pass actually. What they have out the back of it is they have three greens, and they've modelled them on three of the greens, so they're miniature greens, but they're the exact same. They're just they're scaled down. Yeah. So I I think it could be like. Are there putters and stuff? 7, you 11, over? 14. Are you caddies? You've putters. Oh, whatever wow. putter you want. And then you go over. And I mean, when you think you've played golf on a green, and then they tell you, okay, so the hole's over there. And the guy, the caddy's standing here, and he's like, you want to hit this mark here? And you're like, what? And then you hit it. And sure, it goes a mile over this way. He's like, yeah, but you hit it too hard. And I'm like, all right. And then you tap this ball. And it, it's like if I roll the golf ball down the table here, it just keeps going and going and going. And you're thinking like... the, the Snooker table stuff. Oh. And they have the stint, the exact same as... Every day out there, wow, yeah, of of whatever day that is and stuff. So they've modelled it exactly, so you get to kind of experience that. But um, uh, it, it it is such a surreal experience, and I do say it to anybody, like, and even though, like, forget the Berkman's thing, or um, just been out there on the course, and everybody says the same thing. Like, so I'm not saying anything new, but you don't appreciate how undulating it is. Like, you walk out, and the first just goes like this. It's like a hit, it goes down and it comes up. Yeah, and the greens. A guy could be standing at the bottom of the green. And definitely me anyway, but like the top of the green could be over his head, the far side. Yeah. Like that's how... Is, is it like a little, it's like its own little paradise because I, I was, I remember passing through when I was on the J1 in South Carolina, I remember passing through Augusta in a bus, in a Greyhound bus and like the town isn't that, the town yeah, isn't yeah, that appealing. Yeah, yeah, yeah But it's yeah. just, it's just the actual course that has yeah. its own little yeah. mystique. Yeah, I, like I, di- I didn't really um, frequent the town all that much. Like there was so much co- going on. Like I was at a, a a house just outside it but yeah it's it's like that it's mm. just kind of there off on its own or whatever but it was funny actually Freddie Couples uh, had texted me on the practice round and um, he was like was that you uh, that shouted there at Tiger because someone went oh, oh man that was tough and then Tiger looks at Freddie <laughs> and then Freddie's like is that Connor or whatever so Freddie texts me and goes are you like following us saying it was tough so it wasn't me like it wasn't me at all <laughs> but uh, when he came off on the ninth, I remember Freddie grabbed me or whatever and he brought me over to the clubhouse area and I was in like the car park and stuff and uh, I remember this guy in a green jacket just touched me on the shoulder and I was kind of going do I have a passport here or whatever like and I literally thought I was getting thrown out and I mean like it was like getting caught by the police or something my heart rate was like I was like and the guy was like love your stuff it was an Irish fella that was a member or whatever. Brilliant. <laughs> but uh, I was, it was, yeah, it's, it's, it is a, just a great place. I think if you're in any way into golf or even into sports, like, it's a bucket list item. Yeah. Like, you know, to, take a, to take go and off. see it, yeah, it really is. That bit about getting tapped on the shoulder, right? Uh, when did the imposter syndrome go away? Uh, yeah, it doesn't really, because you, the, the, the guys with the green jackets, because the guys will walk around with their green jackets, obviously, and they, like... You know, obviously, you see some celebrities there. I know Phelps was behind Tiger on Sunday when he hit the, the on the sixteenth. Um, you wouldn't miss him, yeah. Do you know? But like, he's got an advantage when it comes. to the, Yeah, but the, the lads in the green jackets are—you nearly look at them like celebrities. Everyone goes, "There's, there, there's a member." Yeah, <laughs> he's a member. 
Whoa, and no one, you might not have a clue who he is, but you're like, he's a member. And I, sorry, I didn't mean generally about just Augusta. Like when, when, because, uh, so you back to the Enoch, it's happening really fast for you. Is there some point where you're like, okay, this is all normal now, as opposed to, because uh, it's not normal. Like, yeah, no, it's not. No, I don't, I don't really think it, 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 it doesn't ever be. I always feel a little right. bit, uh, I always laugh. I always, the first time I ever fly, like, and I don't always like, Fly business class, but sometimes if I'm on a trip and someone else is paying for it, yeah, happy pay days. You got to do it. Yeah, but I'll never forget the first time I went business class, and uh, I was sitting there, and there was a guy sitting beside. And I remember kind of looking at this kind of older man, and he had his like shirt on, and I was kind of looking at him, going like, you know, as if like you know, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah. sitting. I remember sitting there, and I got a glass of champagne. I was like, oh, I love a glass of champagne, so I drank the glass of champagne. Then I said to the lady, I was like, yeah, I'll have another glass of champagne. She's like, okay. So I drank that fairly quick, and we were a bit delayed taking off. So I said to her, I was like. Have another one. So she literally dropped like a mouthful into it. And it was her way of saying, stop. Yeah. And I was like, so then the other lady across the way, I was like, so I got a full one again and I drank it. And I got kind of drunk on the plane. Like, I didn't get kind of drunk. I got drunk. Business had, class, yeah. Like, I, exactly. It was my first time. Yeah. So I was really like, you know, just, I'm going to like milk this, you know, I might be on again or whatever. So I was, drink, I was drinking away. And then I woke up hungover and I remember having like a glass of wine with my dinner. I fell asleep after dinner again. And then they come down to give you a bit of a scone at the end. It was flying lingus. And I like whatever. I made a bit of a mess, and then about an hour later, I wake up and I'm lying down. Lady wakes me up and she hands me like a wet towel, and I was like, and there was a couple of crumbs on the table, and I went. (laughs) (laughs) She once goes, it's for your face. (laughs) Oh no! At least you're down to earth. Well. And I remember when she said it was for your face, for about a split second, I was about to put it on my face. I was like, <laughs> with the crumbs on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have another one. I remember sir. looking over your man, then I was kind of going, yo, yo. I'm definitely not supposed to be here. We have many towels if you want them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> The next one is Shane Lowry at the Open. Um, this is one of my all-time regrets is that I actually missed this. But I did watch it at home with my family. Um, my mum and dad we were all on holidays in Wexford watching it. And it was just like the, the TV was on, the sun was blaring outside and everybody was happy. Yeah, there's just a surge of happiness, particularly because I think the Sunday was so inevitable. Because the Saturday was like literally the greatest individual Irish sports performance potentially of all time. It's right up there with Roy Keane in any of those matches that he ever played: the Holland game, the Portugal game, the game in Turin. It's right there with like you know Henry in any match he's done, even with one of your later ones here. It's like he just he just destroyed the world. Oh, like. And again, it, uh, when you said it, you weren't there. I find you're better off. And I was told this at the first open that I went to. They were like, hey, when it comes to Sunday, the lap back nine, go back to the NBC tent or whatever and watch it on. And even on the Sunday, I actually watched Shane's round from the media center. Right. Because like, again, Rory was after missing the cut. So he was gone. Mm. Tiger missed the cut. He was gone. Uh, Darren Clark was gone in a huff. Seen that on the, no. uh, on the 18th. He doesn't huff. Oh, when he... Did he, did he triple bogey the last or something to miss the cut something or brutal. something yeah. like that? And I remember going, like, and this was one of those, he's a member there uh, and stuff like, so I was like, oh, and he walked off, I felt so bad for him, but like he, what, like he could have swung his club at somebody. Like there was steam coming out of the ears when he walked off. And I, like everybody tried to clap him, like to give him the send off, yeah, you know, because yeah. he's a local and stuff. And yeah. he was just, didn't want to anyway. It was nearly, uh, he stopped Get short here. and just going. But, <laughs> 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 uh, Shane, yeah, for me, it started with Shane, like, um, going into the tournament, like, all the talk was about Rory. Uh, all the talk was about Rory, you know? And then, obviously, and Tiger had, uh, Tiger was back as well. But on the Saturday, they missed the cut. And, but on Friday, on the 10th, 
was when I had just like, because I just plopped myself around the course, kind of watching bits and bobs here, there and everywhere. And obviously Shane had a bit of a crowd following him. So uh, like obviously being in Ireland and everything, I walked up to the tent and he drained like, I don't know, it was at 50 foot or 40 foot, mm. a huge put on the tent. And I was with a friend of mine and I remember just kind of punching him in the stomach like, by, I didn't mean to hit him. As, and I was like, and I was like oh, he's six under here yeah. or whatever. And it was like... This is real. Yeah, we were like, he's actually, mm. you know, possibly in contention here. He could win this. And he walked by me, um, the, the track, we were like, it, 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 the way the tent is, you're kind of standing above the green, like either side, so you have big crowds, like it's a bit of like a amputator effect nearly or something, but he walked by then. And I remember when he walked by, and it was like, he had this tunnel vision, and he was looking straight forward, and usually everyone's like, oh, Shane, and he's like, whatever. And he he just walked by with... I don't know, it was like Tiger-esque or something. I was looking at him going, this this fella could like do this or whatever. Resolve, and now he actually years of. Yeah, he had a quiet enough back nine, I remember. And then Saturday happened. And it was, like you say, it was one of the greatest performances like we've ever seen. Was he birdied 3-5? Um, I think he birdied the ninth. Again, the tenth then, he had that seven iron, that low, him and... Bo were talking about a 7 and an 8 and he thought he'd pull it left if he hit an 8 and he just bumped it up there and again like you know when you're playing Lynx golf it is so much harder than Parkland like it's not like you're just going to chip it up and stop it there mm. it's more like you need the bounce you need to rub it a green like literally and I remember when he hit the, the, the 7 iron and it just spun up and then it came down off the bank and it landed I'd know like the 8 feet and it was like wow this is incredibly special and then that back nine, he backed it up and he birdied 15 then. And then on Calamity is the 16th, which is, and I've played it a few times. Like, I think my, I'd say I get about a five or a six on it every time. You usually lose a ball, like, because if you're in any way right, it's just off the cliff. Gone. And it's gone. And it's a four iron for them, like, so it's like 200 plus or whatever. Or maybe, I don't know, on the day, there could have been a wind or whatever, but like, he hit a four iron and he's like, the ball bounces like at the front of the green and bounces all the way to eight feet and he goes up and he drains the putt and then 17 he nearly chips in and 18 he's within an inch he could have been six or seven ahead and it like for me I'd agree I'd say it was one of the greatest Irish sporting performances of all time and I also think for like even for him the fact that he went and backed it up the next day given what happened at Oakmont a few years before that you know, he was in the same position where he had a four-shot lead and he lost it. And I remember kind of at that time just not understanding. I was a bit like, ah, yeah, but like, sure, he should be delighted he's even in contention, like, you know. But now it was like, no, 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 this fella's like one of the... And again, I think he's elevated himself again, you know, to be one of the best players in the world. I'd even say, like, over the last year, like, there's so much scrutiny about his game now. Like, when Shane would play well, people would mention it and go, Shane had a great week. And if he didn't play well, people wouldn't mention it. Now, if he doesn't play well, it's like, what's wrong with Shane? Mm. So he's up there with Rory now, where it's like everything's analysed so much. Like, and he's obviously just getting, I think he's getting better and better. But back then, that was, it was one of those moments, like, where he was now sitting at the top table with, and it does, it obviously makes a huge difference to your career as a golfer. If you can win all the PGA Tour stuff you want, you win a major, you are. Yeah you're dining at that top table and I think not only some lads win a major and it is a flash in the pan with him it's not like he is you know one of the best players in the world at the minute like yeah and has really leaned in and started to enjoy the leadership role that he's playing and is, he's totally ready for it now in his, in his life and his career I, I actually think uh, and it's a kind of na- uh, it's it's a natural thing I remember Roy Keane talking about or some players talking about Keane when he was at Manchester United when he came at the start and he didn't really say much at all and it's just he becomes the leader then and he just becomes one of those top guys and then he's yeah. but I think Shane is like that I think he loves 
being in a featured group. Mm. He's actually one of these lights that's like, put the lights on me. The pressure of it. Yeah. I, I think like if he's not in a group where there's no real marquee names in it, I prefer to see him mm. in a group where he's playing with Rory or he's playing with uh, Scotty or you know Ty, even Tiger, whatever. I, he likes that. I think he likes just walking out there feeling like that. Every, the cameras are on him. And he yeah, revels in that. Yeah. I feel like that 2019 was different because, like, obviously Harrington was brilliant. Those couple of majors, 07, 08, GMAC at Pebble Beach, yeah, Darren Clark as well. But Larry, or uh, Larry, was different because I think it's just a man of the people kind of vibe. You, oh, yeah. you, you see him at GA matches. He's so proud to be Irish as well that we all kind of feel like we're a little bit of Shane Lowry. Oh, big time! It, it, it's the the lad next door kind of idea yeah. of him, yeah. But it is, and obviously it being in, in Ireland and all the crowds there and like how proud, like I remember when he walked to 18 on the Saturday and it, 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 was, ju- it was like the president was just walking up the fairway and he was just giving, you know, and everybody standing clapping and... Did he get a bus to the boar's head that night? <laughs> that, was, it, was it the next <laughs> well, night? Well, that was on the Sunday uh, where he went straight down to... He went to house in Dublin actually right. first, yeah. Right. And the next day was the boar's head. You don't go to... You go to the, the Monday, the next of course, day. of course. Monday. Um, but uh, yeah, and he just celebrated it so well. Like actually, uh, but he really is like I did it. Uh, I did a thing. I was in Florida two weeks ago. We were doing, we were shooting uh, a bit of an ad or something. It was just the easiest day's work ever. Like because uh, it's, it felt like there's no cameras there. Yeah. Ask him a question. He's just like, oh yeah, yeah. And it's just like he he really is like one of the lads. It was like one. Of, I have to say, it was one of the most enjoyable, easiest days work. I I. Mm. I felt like I didn't even work, you know, I just felt like I'd just turn the camera on there and start talking and that was it. You don't do a Shane impression? Uh, I kind of do, kind of, it's a bit like that. It's, it's not the best, I find, when I'm doing people in the Midlands, it's uh, it's not as good, you know. He thinks I can't do him at all, but <laughs> it's okay, like, it's not it's not one of my best ones. And then when you're doing someone that you kind of know, you want to you have it really yeah. good. He's a deep voice, like, he's got quite a deep yeah. voice. Um you know, but he does that. He kind of cla- his teeth kind of don't really move. It's kind of a bit like that, you know, and uh, sort of. So it's kind of. I don't think he likes it himself, but <laughs> well, I don't think he cares. <laughs> Send that to him there. Katie Taylor next against Amanda Serrano. Um, where were you for this? You obviously had it. Yeah, in the garden. Um, I wasn't supposed to be again. I was working in Florida, and I was after doing a video for the Westbury, where I had all the Irish people come over and kind of wreck the place or something. Uh, Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it went down real big and I was like, I can't not go. So I came back to Florida. I was supposed to fly back to Ireland from New York. And so I, I didn't get in the flight. I just stayed. And um, I, was, I was so glad I stayed. It was, again, I know a lot of these are kind of those Irish moments where mm. you're like looking around, you're like, this is this is special. Yeah. I get quite emotional at stuff. Like I got emotional at the Grand Prix after it. I was like, how have we got here? I was saying, my wife was with me like, and I was like, like how, how did this happen? Doing a few videos, you know, and you're here or whatever. But I remember the Katie, the Katie fight. We went into Madison Square Garden. We're in the Westbury drinking. The place, like, it's jammed. Wall-to-wall Irish people. Everybody's singing songs. Most people aren't even going to the fight. The place, for about 12 blocks around Madison Square Garden, every bar is just packed with Irish people. Uh, we get down to Madison Square Garden. Sorry, everybody should know the Westbury's the pub in New York. Oh, yeah, sorry. So the hotel in Dublin. Shameless yeah. P- plug, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the Westbury NYC. Um so we get down there and everyone's just singing. It's the ole, ole, ole crack and we get into the, the Madison Square Garden. And for a place that has a reputation of being like really big, when you're in it then you're like, oh, it's not that big, but mm. it's just, there's just thousands of people like going real high up. Yeah. And the, 
the the green flags, the green, white and orange, then this promo comes out. I was standing there and my brother was with me, my dad was with me. Um, and again, I was getting kind of overcome with emotion going like, you're kind of in that real sappy stage. You're like, aren't we brilliant? Aren't we just amazing? Lovely like, wee country. Yeah. Aren't we like, no other country has this. No, we dead. This is just us. This is like Puerto Jesus, Ricans are Ireland. Like, yeah, yeah. No, there was about there was in fairness about seven Puerto Ricans there as well, um, but it was just f- flooded with Irish people, and yeah, I remember kind of going, "Am I about to like cry here?" And then Katie came out, and whatever music she came out to, it was this kind of. It just I was expecting like a bit like the McGregor thing, the, the Foggy Jew or something. Mm. You know, you're expecting like some. So the music then kind of just flattened me. I was like what's this song? What is this? Now, it obviously works for Katie, you know what I mean? But we were expecting something rebellious or Irish. of patriotic, something like whatever. So that kind of, the emotion left me for a minute then. I was kind of going, what, what, what's this? What's this song? So she comes in, National Anthem or whatever is played then and the whole place is just pounding it out like, and it's so loud. The fight starts. First couple of rounds is like, they're just feeling each other out. And again, you can't watch a boxing fight if you're invested in the bo- boxing fight. Oh, no. <laughs> Not at all. So the fifth round happens and it, it looks like Serrano's taking her head off. And like how she takes the punishment... You're standing there and her, her legs are dead straight. She's not even... You know the way you crouch down for mm. grip? It's like she, she's standing dead straight taking these punches. Mm. And... Like, you you think it's going to be over. Now, in fairness, it was a two-minute round. I think that definitely was a benefit of... It was a three-minute round. I don't know what would have happened. Although I say that, but, like, you one was battering the head off her, to use the expression, for about 90 seconds. Yeah. So do I think she could have lasted another minute? Probably. I Like, it yeah, looked yeah, like... That it. was as good as it was going to get. Or yeah. as bad as it was going to get. Yeah, like, she couldn't put her away. Which just, uh, you know, uh, as much as people eulogise about Katie Taylor, like, when you see that, like, because in adversity... Mm. It's when you see the real character or the strength of someone. And that fifth round, like, she really took a hammer. And then, obviously, Serrano would have expended a good bit of energy in that fifth round. Committed the sixth. Uh, Serrano, she wasn't really on the front foot as much. And then Katie, seven, eight, nine, she won those rounds. And then the tenth round was, like, Hagler-Hearns. Like, the last 30 seconds, they just... Yeah, added. Absolutely went to take each other's heads off. And you're kind of thinking... Both of them like felt they were winning. Why would you risk it? Why would you risk getting knocked out in the last second? Because it really could have happened. And the two of them just had the gloves down and were swinging one twos. There was no combinations. There was no jabs. Mm. It was literally just one two, one two, one two, back and forth. And the fight ended. If I'm being honest, when I was there, I said because uh, in my head she's the local as well. She's like uh, yeah. Brooklyn born, and I thought she won the fight. And I was like, oh, she's won the fight. And it was the next day we went to the Westbury and Johnny, Johnny Longhall says, um, I, I thought she won it. And he goes, watch the fight. It's coming on in a half an hour. Watch it without the sound. We all watched it without the sound and you could see she won the fight. You could see she was more accurate even in the first couple of rounds. Serrano was a bigger uh, uh, puncher. Wasn't a bigger uh, like uh, woman in the fight, but she was definitely the bigger puncher and she was more aggressive. She was on the front foot mostly. like, But... Katie was unbelievable in terms of like you know 
styles make fights or whatever you know it's the cliche but also like adapting your style and having to yeah. go on the back foot she was incredible it is typical boxing bullshit that we're not going to see it again like that's the that's the, the all the problems with the sport writ large this incredible once in a lifetime thing is only once in a lifetime folks there's, even though there's a rematch clause we're not going to get the rematch I don't think yeah and I also like again uh, which goes to Katie's character the fact that when I seen that fight I was like that was a risky fight and the next fight's risky too and I'm kind of oh. going the Irish fight just just fight me. Yeah. Just fight me. I'll fight you. Yeah. You know, go in and box the head of me and get the win, take the W. I think. But she doesn't. She deserved like, that. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. And no one, no one would judge her, like, but she is. The we would type support of her. It'd is. be like a Kickstarter. You exactly. Know? That, a go that, for me. The noise and cacophony of sound in, in MSG, like, when you compare it to something like the Tiger Roar, you know, say just after the national anthem or just after Kelly or Katie is announced as the winner, what is that like in comparison to something like the Tiger Roar? Because I think, was it London 2012? That the, the Olympic bout broke decibel levels like it was the loudest moment at the Olympics so like Katie Feist generally will be loud oh yeah 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 no you can, to be fair uh, a golf roar and a boxing roar mm. I don't think there's no slightly, way there's no, I could not come in here with a straight face and say the tiger roar is actually louder than the you know when someone's getting their head taken clean off <laughs> but uh, oh yeah the decibel level like when you're in the garden is it's it's insane like it is you feel like the ground's kind of moving and stuff like that. Now, that's your own kind of energy as well. You're like, uh, I remember actually one time I felt the ground moving where I thought the stadium moved was when Cluxton kicked the ball over the bar in 2011. I was mm. sitting right behind him. So I had a literally perfect view. He was in the middle between me and the goals. Got he just nearly getting it. Stop. Yeah, and the ball went over the bar and I remember it like kind of, I felt the place went like that. And then they won. It was an earthquake, was it? I swear to God. I'd like to see the Richter scale that day in Crow Park because I felt, I genuinely, I was walking out there going, I'm telling you, the concrete moved. I really thought it moved. I think sometimes in the stadium it feels like that. Um, when Lara scores his hat-trick, that Tipperary, Kilkenny, Kilkenny going for the five in a row, that was also, because yeah. that's like two absolutely feverish hurling nations coming together on the day. Yeah. And, and history being made, or not. Mm. Um, the song was Awake My Soul, Hillsong Worship. She said afterwards that she wanted to walk out worshipping, but then the noise was so big that she just got lost in the atmosphere. And in that moment, even she forgot God. <laughs> <laughs> I, made, I made that last bit up, sorry. <laughs> but she, I, I wouldn't mind when she was walking out, like the camera's on her, and she was just like that. Like it was, She had this stare on her. And she actually walked really slow as well. Mm. Um, usually someone comes in with a bit of especially yeah. if you're nervous you come in with a bit of pace like yeah. you um, want to get she, through that she walked in and then she stopped and was just looking around and you could actually see she was so present she was like this is incredible like, because mm. uh, I, I presume before that now I haven't seen all the fights but she definitely has never fought in a, with a crowd like that in a place like that headlining no uh, for, for me that was a, that was where women's boxing became boxing do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like the UFC, you don't say women's UFC, like that was like boxing. And I think obviously what she's done for the sport, you know, it's... Yeah, it's and, and whatever you want, and we, we say uh, quite a bit about Eddie Hearn on this show, but like that was his point and he has been centrally involved in taking her from being an Olympic gold medalist to uh, a headliner in the sport and, you know, whatever about the fight that he's having with Croke Park at the moment, he does deserve some credit for that. Uh, Jamie Domican says, hey Shane, why don't you do your GMAC impression for Connor? Absolutely not. He hasn't looked nervous at any point on the show this week, Jeez, by the way, but now all of a sudden... I haven't been put under pressure at all. It's way, way better than mine. You definitely I've never have. seen it. Jesus, it's no. It's way better. There's so many to choose from. We, we've GMAC on GMAC. It's, it's, oh Jesus. Uh, what do we think, talk about? Yeah, well, we'll talk about uh, Florida uh, alligators, alligator spiders, Your yikes. spiders, yikes! I'll tell you, senior, uh, top class. Uh, 
Biggest fear. Probably my biggest weakness. Cold beer. Cold beer. Are you a tattoo kind of guy? Ah, tattoos. Uh, no tattoos. <laughs> Not in the near future either. I don't know. Sorry. The fact that I'm doing an impression beside Conor Murray here is ridiculous, by the way. Uh, we'll have uh, Podrick with G-Mac. Will you? Who you want? <laughs> the two lads. Well, I can only he do one. He's to win the Masters. Well, uh, I don't know. There's why, so many to choose you, from, Connor. There's, why, there's why Sager. Go, there's, why, uh, why'd you go to live? I don't know. There's uh, Explain yourself like you did before. The green, you know. A little bit of cash, you know. <laughs> dinner and drinks, dinner and a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely dinner somewhere. <laughs> I think that video's uh, off uh, the internet. Yeah, oh, possibly. It? Yeah, it's gone. All oh, right, so I will bring it back. Yeah, I think, yeah. Well, if you have a strong legal team, you definitely get that. Point. <laughs> should should rip that. Somebody sure I think I'm that, sweating. That, that, yeah. First time this week on the show, I've been sweating. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that uh, that video was um, reprehensible uh, for sure. Yeah. Shawshank Redemption, Gladiator. <laughs> so at one stage, I was like, "Oh, you're not going to be able to do all those impressions anymore." But actually, everybody wants to see them because they're they're even more famous and more important. Yeah. Oh, the, the live golfers. Yeah. Sure. I was. Uh, I had this conversation with the boys. I remember last year with the golf channel. I'm like, you know, like most of my stable has gone over there, mm. which suggests that most of the kind of bowsies are gone over there. You know, the guys that you kind of polter and the lads. Yeah. 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 You seen Netflix, the full swing? I actually haven't seen it. Um, but the first and last episode only. Brooks or the the just Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and then the Rory one as well. Watch the worst. Uh, or, yeah, the first oh, yeah. one's bad. In the middle, it's it's it, it's pretty good. Like mm. that first episode was like just. Yeah. I don't know who decided to have the lads FaceTime each other and make it look real. Oh. And, uh, hey, yeah, I'm just doing your wedding speech, man. And he's like, "Hey, don't mess it up." Hey, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, this is what you put in this show. Like it was, uh, but I will say one thing. I actually, I really, I enjoyed it as a show. I think it's like unfair to um, mm. compare it to F1. Given like how open F one is, and how like even if you go to an F one thing and you've got paddock, paddock tickets, mm. Lewis Hamilton just is standing right there beside you. Yeah. You're talking to somebody. Max walks by you. Um, golf just isn't like that. Golf also isn't played at 300 miles an hour, and you could die. You know yeah. if you mess up a shot. Um, the jeopardy is less. Yeah, and I, I kind of thought, I, I thought Polter's episode in it was very good. Like, and he was asked, you know, why did you go to live? He's like, I made a business decision, and I thought, like, and even uh, DJ said the same thing. And I think anybody that kind of said that, nobody really has judged them. I'm crying. The game, the format's all wrong. Yeah. These guys, it's like, yeah, there's a, there's definitely a difference. Um, with honesty helps. Um, Big well, time. Yeah. We you you've got to go. I mean, we've gone way over time here. But uh, David Clifford in the 2022 All Ireland final. This is kind of up there with uh, with. Um, Shane Lowry a little bit I thought Shane oh, Walsh Shane Walsh on the same day Shane Walsh was yeah yeah oh, like, I got like, the winning team yeah for, for me my dad uh, is a he's a staunch Galway man and he was like oh Walsh was man of the match and don't get me wrong he was amazing but it, for me it's like who got the result yeah who kicked the you know the last 10 minutes who got the points or whatever and Clifford kicked that one from the corner but like everything he did that day when you think about his performance and the a bit like we got an All-Ireland final akin to the World Cup final where you had Mbappe and Messi yeah. start you don't really get that yeah. you don't, you know, how many El Clasicos did Messi or Ronaldo not really show up in it, the odd time the two of them might play well so you got like an All-Ireland final where the two um, talisman actually showed up and mm. had a shootout nearly between each other and like Shane Walsh was absolutely like he was imperious like in a sense but like Clifford and typical of Jack O'Connor there's always a little he always throws in a little little simple tactic in every final or something he kicks in a couple of diagonal balls puts a bit of pressure on the goal with full back line the goalkeeper Cl- Clifford uh, seven minutes in or something he goes up and he catches a ball yeah. like this and just again shows off like every trick in the book he has you want to kick the ball in low to him he'll win it in low left or right foot marks freeze 
it was a game where he just showed off every kind of like facet to his game and on top of that then he kicked over pressure points you know and especially that one in the corner that it was 66 minutes or whatever like I'm not, I don't really think it was a foul yeah man he, yeah. he definitely played for it um, I think it was Spillane or something I kind of thought uh, but uh, he kicks it over from the corner and everything he just did that day was unbelievable and for me like a lot of people argue oh is he the greatest or whatever and I'm like not, not, not that I'm any uh, sort of uh, beacon of what's great or whatever but for me he was in the pantheon of greats in my mind about three years ago because I just I seen him play with a football in his hand yeah I, I, I seen him play get the game yeah. and I'm like the guy bounces the ball different to everybody yeah. else he solos the ball like he he kicked over I think Gavin White plays my ball I think it's his second or third point in the game and he strokes the ball over the bar and it looks like he taps it over from the 21. He taps it over from about 43 yards out. Yeah. Mm. Taps it over. Under tight marking. I think that this was really important because we'd, we'd had uh, video footage of him playing in the school's games in Croke Park where he's like a man amongst boys from the time he was under 14. And then there was the great minor team that he was part of. So this is the coronation. And he has to put in a performance worthy of everything up to this point. And everybody always disappoints you in sport. Somebody always, there's always a little bit of a letdown. Mm. And he didn't. There was no letdown. There was like, oh, I'm actually going to be even better. I'm going to carry the team. They needed the marks in the first half. Like, they needed that because yeah. Galway come out and they started really well. And everything that they thought about in the build up to the game was like, don't let Galway get off to a good start. Whatever, keep Shane Walsh. And it's like, they couldn't do it. And he's like, no bother. I've been here before. I've seen the movie. I know how it ends. I've been an all star every year. I've been playing senior lads. I'm gonna be mad yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. Like it's um oh, what was it my uncle used to say over in America? He's been he's been living in America like far too long, but like he used to say to us before the game, or if it was half time and it was tight or whatever, winners want the ball when the game's on the line. I think it's it's from I don't know what film it's from. But uh that's what Clifford was like. It was like give me the ball, like I'll win the game, like just put the pressure on me, don't worry about it, I have this and that's the that's the footballer he is, um that's the person he is. I just think he's he's got it all. He's like again like people talk even about Jack and Tiger and who's the greatest like I will say in 200 years time people will only look at numbers they probably won't delve into like whatever and if Jack is on 18 and Tiger's on 15 they'll, people would say Jack is, is the greatest but like if you've watched golf around then you'll see in, in those 10 years nobody ever played golf like Tiger Woods played mm-hmm. golf yeah. and I think if you just watch David Clifford for me and I wasn't around uh, I wasn't alive uh, when I was uh, Matt Connor was playing but like yeah. when I first seen him on YouTube I kind of watched and I was like well he looks like he's like Morris Fitz from the noughties or the late nineties like when and obviously people argue about teams and everything it's a simple fact that like you get better the more you train so teams are obviously better now and they're more skilled than mm. they were back in the day yeah. I'm not saying they were better teams but they're more skillful but Matt Connor looks like he's teleported from the noughties or something back to the 80s yeah, and he just era. drops the shoulder that way six lads go this way he just taps <laughs> the ball over and I remember watching it going he actually looks like because sometimes you watch players from back then they throw the ball in front of them and they kick it up the field some of the, the greats yeah. and you're like it's not like and obviously like the lads wouldn't have trained like they do now but like Matt Connor for me looked like that and again uh, Morris Fitz and I think Clifford is like Matt Connor Morris Fitz Messi, Mozart, the whole lot of them rolled into one. I agree. That's, and I think he's the, for me, he's the best I've ever seen. Well, uh, you've set a new standard for you had to be there. Connor, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs> thanks. So unexpected. It's one of those you had to be there moments. You had to be there. It subsequently, genuinely did change everything about my life. I had to be there.